says I have trouble with intimacy, but people often die when they get close to me. I'm kicking and punching. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the DC Threekly Batman and Robin Eternal podcast. We're here um, to talk about issue number 18, written, well, story, as usual, by James Tanyan IV and Scott Snyder, uh, scripted by Ed Brisson and illustrated by Scott Eaton. Um, As usual, we will be... Uh, talking about what happened in the issue, spoiling the issue. Issue. So if you haven't read it, um, stop and go go pick it up and read it. So the issue starts off um, at Saint Hadrian's, the the school that's the front for Spiral, and we have the whole gang together. And Tim's explaining everything that happened uh, with the Order of Saint Dumas. The the it the it's such a hard word. Ichthys. It's a hard word for it me. It is a hard word. Um, the Ichthys virus, um, which brainwashes children, basically, and makes them relive their their worst fears, um, as we as we saw with Jason in the previous issue, which I have a comment on that um, later. Um, but we get <clears throat> get some background on that, and we we. Sh- shift to Harper and David Kane talking and uh, follow up to some of what we saw last issue, a lot of, a lot more ominous um, hinting at, at what casted in Gotham in the scene. We saw a few issues back when they, when they went into uh, Harper's mind and, and we had all of that with with the sculptor so a bit more of that and that gets dragged out for a while throughout the issue um, we go back to the flashback with Batman and Mother and Orphan and Cairo um, and they fight, a lot of fighting um, <clears throat> and Batman uh, looks like he like throws some explosives and uh, Orphan and Mother get caught in the explosion and mother Mother's injured um, and it seems like Bruce has won until we find out that, um, mother has sent Cass to Gotham in order to, to basically create and collect the, the new Robin, the Robin replacement. And we find out that, as I predicted so many issues ago, that, um, Cass did in fact murder, uh, Harper's mother and attempted to murder her father, but he got away because he's just a dirtbag. And um, we get this startling revelation, and of course Harper doesn't want to believe it, and she's crushed uh, to learn that her her new friend is responsible for her mother's death. And we get a little bit of interesting dialogue between Bruce and mother. Um, about what Batman's going to do with Harper now that this has happened. And it kind of reframes, you know, the whole Batman and Harper relationship, which I'm sure we're going to talk about. Um, And the issue ends with, um, back in the present, the the ichthys virus is about to be released in, in schools because that's the best way to target children, obviously. 
and um, all of the the bat characters hole up in this command center to protect themselves from the virus, but realize that Harper is not with them, and that's when the issue ends. Uh, can I just mention one part? Yeah, yeah. The, how it appears that Mother kills herself with a yeah, cyanide yeah, capsule. Right. You're right. I forgot about that. Um, but and Batman tries to save her, but we don't know if he actually. I, we, we presume he does inject her. It's kind of an in the panel makes it look like maybe that's what's happening, but you can't really tell. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, okay. Oh wait a minute! It looks like it actually looks like oh yeah yeah. So it looks like he's injecting her, but then the syringe gets shot, but somehow his hand doesn't. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Bullets. <laughs> Magic bullets. So um, yeah, what do you guys think? A lot of stuff to unpack in this issue. Yeah. Um well obviously the big <clears throat> stunner is that you you were right all along, Zach. Bat bask in it. I'm I'm the glow. <laughs> Getting tan here. So Cass was apparently sent to kill Harper's parents, and I mean, we know her father is still alive, but she apparently succeeded with Harper's mom, and I'm not sure how I feel about that, because I, I don't think, I don't think that it's an inherently bad thing to have a hero or a fan favorite character do something bad really bad in their past you know Mm -hmm. i think that has the potential to provide an interesting backstory but i i'm not sure having just introduced having just introduced cast kane in this story and now it's almost like you're immediately pitting her against harper it's I would not fault anyone for seeing this as a way to prop Harper up while knocking Cass down a peg or something like that. It's interesting that you say that because I think it does more for Cass than it does for Harper. I think, well, I, I think the way I see it is like it is, it's good conflict and it, it makes the like budding relationship between the two characters, you know, slightly not not maybe not more interesting isn't the right word, but it does give that like you know that interesting drama and seeing them work that out. But it kind of <clears throat> I don't like really what this revelation does for Harper. You know, it kind of recast like everything that we've come to know about her since she was introduced um and kind of i don't know you know before she was just this like almost kind of like tim drake type character who you know through her own ingenuity forced her way into batman's life and did awesome things but now it's like oh she was always kind of on the radar. Batman always knew about her. And yeah. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Refresh my memory. We first meet her, like, it's not, it was, during, it's not during Zero Year, right? It, it was, was during Court of Owls. Right. Okay. So this that would have been long after the events ha- that happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, see, I don't... I can't decide whether I agree with you guys or not. Um, part of me feels like in the New 52, Cassandra Kane was nothing. And this gives her something. So in that way, it's it's not that bad. Um, I also feel like for Harper, it... Harper felt to me, you know, you mentioned Zach, uh, Tim Drake... And I feel like she kind of felt like the poor man's Tim Drake in some ways. So this sets her aside from that, which I like. Um, But I don't know. It's not how I would have written the story. And I think sometimes we get hung up as fans about it not being the way that we would have done it. And therefore it's instantly bad. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily the case here. I just think it, it changes the story enough that it kind of bums me out. I think I think in the context of the story, it makes a lot of sense um, just in terms of what they've done with Cass and Harper throughout the series. I think it makes a lot of sense. But in, if you th- think about like Harper's whole character arc from like the first time we were introduced to her, this is not how I kind of expected this to play out, you know, and I think it, I like have to wonder like Harper Rowe is obviously like a pretty important character for Scott Snyder because he created her and he, he used her a lot in his run and it's kind of odd to me and maybe, I don't know, maybe it shouldn't be, but it's kind of odd to me that this like big of a like revelation would happen here rather than in, the main Batman book. Does that make sense? I guess so. But I mean, this is, um, I mean, yeah, Snyder's plotting this. Yeah, I know. I know. It, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It just, I don't know. Just something about it. Uh, uh, Oh, you guys there? Yeah. I'm here. Oh, okay. Yeah. My computer said something weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just started. I don't know. Something about it strikes me as off i'm not sure why you know one of the things that um that i think about with comics sometimes is how many characters that we know and love are totally different today than how they were originally conceived Mm -hmm. and you know is that is it a worthwhile criticism to say this doesn't seem like why scott snyder brought harborow into the bat universe or is that irrelevant because all comics characters, because of just the nature of comics, change so much from their original intentions? I think maybe it's just because, like, she hasn't been around that long, relatively. You know, four, almost five years. Not even, because she was introduced in yeah. the... It was I like... I say it was number 12, maybe? Batman 12? I thought it was a little bit... Early. Like, we saw her like, in the story arc, because it was, like, after... I want to say it was, like, six or seven. Oh, you're right. I'm thinking of the, the, the there issue was that. where... The, the Harper-centric issue yeah. that was done by Becky Cloonan. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, but that kind of like showed the arc from her perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> I do get see what you're saying. But usually, I feel like those kinds of changes are due to you know major creative shifts, like another another creative team taking over a character from someone else, and those kind of changes happen over long periods of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can I ask a question about something in the book that really isn't related to anything? Sure. Yes. Uh, in the scenes where Cass is talking to Orphan in his like cell thing, mm-hmm. do we know who the woman next to him is? I... Okay, so I thought... Uh, no, no, we don't. I don't think so. It just seems to me to be very odd. I understand that they're in, like, the prison area of the school, but they, there's, like, four or five panels where she's clearly oh. shown. Was it the, is it the cannibal lady? No, she's, because she's blonde. Yeah. Poppy? Okay. Yeah, Poppy's Poppy, yeah. around someplace else. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. She looks like a nice young lady. I don't know why she's <laughs> hanging around with this crowd. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I don't know. This is this might be the most polarizing issue of the series so far. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think unfortunately, this is this is what I think. It's 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 a little complex, but. I think it's good to have stories sometimes or directions with characters that piss you off, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like I think that's, I think it's healthy to, to have a conflict like that sometimes. And you guys sound a little bit more positive about the turn of events. Not totally positive, but more positive than I am. I mean, I basically, hate that this happened (laughs) okay but i think that can be a healthy thing for storytelling i do believe that yeah so right now i'm sitting here like sick that they did this to cass and harper you know (laughs) but that speaks to my investment as a fan and also maybe to my status as a 28 year old full-grown man (laughs) but uh let, let me ask you this though yeah as, you know, it, it, we can't ask this question in relation to Harper because she's a new fifty-two creation. But if this was like you know, Joanna, Joanna Jones, a new character introduced, would you care half as much? Or is this because you're a fan of Cassie Kane, and so that that matters to you more? Well, to me, yeah. this is this is this is cashing a check that was written on pre-Flashpoint stories yes that's true but now you've made it personal for a character that's deeply embedded in the bat family now and i'm not saying that's bad from a storytelling perspective i'm saying it's gonna it's 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 turning my stomach in a way that it wouldn't if if we had just found out that Cass was uh mind controlled or influenced into murdering randoms. 
You know, does that make sense? Sure. I like. I know this is a very fanish thing for me to say, but like, now you know we're gonna be dealing with like six months of Harper being like, "How could you have done this to me, Cass?" and Cass being like, "It wasn't me," you know, it was manipulation. And I just feel like, ah, oh, it just makes me like. I just wish it didn't happen, you know? And that's that's maybe a fanboy thing to say rather than a an actual critical thing to say. But it, it really does change cast forever, really, if it's true, and and the dynamic of the Bat family yet again, you know? In a way that I think is potentially damaging to Cass because there's going to be such a backlash. Well, you know, I I think it's I do think it's interesting because like so Cass killed a lot of people in her, you know, service to mother and because they were people without, you know, they were faceless characters, a lot of it happened off panel and we like the character and we like sympathize with her situation it's easy to kind of like forgive that Yeah. and by putting a face on someone that she killed I think it, you know, it obviously like you, like you said, it makes it a lot easy, a lot harder to, to, to forgive that, it, yeah. yeah, to whitewash it and I think that's maybe an important aspect for her um, because like you said so much of our um, you know, reaction to the character relies on pre-New 52 stuff. And by doing something like this, it kind of forces you to view her in a New 52 light. Yeah, and so quickly after she's been introduced. Mm-hmm, yeah. You know, that's actually, that's a better way of putting it than I, than I could. Viewing her <laughs> in a New 52 light, like, you can't help but do that now. You can't help but say, well, this is, damn the new 52 yet again for doing something to one of our characters, <laughs> you know, whether that's fair or not, you know, that, that is the light you view it in. That's true. That's a really good point, Zach. I'm glad you, that is how I feel, even if I couldn't explain it. And I, I will say this too. I feel like for the first time since this series has started, I can look back at this and say, you know what? Maybe this is Batman's greatest sin, letting this girl not really taking her in. You, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole idea of, of that's keep, true. Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of letting her live her life through this misery and not doing anything about it. In some ways, I I totally understand why he would say, you know what? This is this is my greatest sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know what? That's a key point that you make because how many times in comics does somebody say this is your greatest sin or this is your greatest failure or or uh, this is something from my past that totally haunts me and then it turns out to be totally underwhelming. Right. And I don't think you can say that about this, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. This really is as serious. Like... I can think of some like Avenger stories where that Bendis wrote where he, the character is harboring something for so long that seems so minor in the world of superheroics that it seems ridiculous. Right. 
And this, I feel like, is actually legitimately something that is that bad that would haunt Batman potentially. So, and it's something without an e. Like I feel like one of the problems with so many of these superhero revelations is that there's a there's a clear answer that nobody wanted to take. Like it, it didn't make for an, inter- an interesting Avengers story to have those things tie up nicely. Yeah. But with this, like, really, what would what would Batman do? Is he right. taking on a new ward now? What happens then to her brother? Because her brother was around at this point too. Does yep. he hunt down the father? Does you know? Like it really does. There's no clean and easy answer here. Yeah, all the answers would have implicated Batman somehow, and he he chose the coward's way out. And so I think yeah. in that way, it was a satisfying pin in the "This is my greatest sin" story. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, I mean, it is tough because, like, I mean, <clears throat> you call it you call it the coward's way out, and I don't disagree with you because it 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 was the he basically chose to do nothing. He chose like the passive path, which you know, passivity isn't always a <clears throat> isn't always the wrong thing no, if to we're do. Talking about but Star Wars is the right thing to do. But we're exactly, about Batman. So right. But you know, like I can, I can easily see the argument of like maybe it would. It's just better to like stay out of the way, and like let like you know, it's a tragic situation. But him intervening could make it even worse. Maybe you know, like I don't know. I can see both. I can see both arguments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I guess we should talk about Scott Eaton, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I I have to say, we just last week we were saying how he did a fine job with the issue, and I think last week he did. This week, there's a lot of sloppy stuff, especially towards the end of it, of, mm-hmm. especially in terms of characters looking consistent, not just issue to issue, but even panel to panel. Um, but I, I will say that, and Vince mentioned this before we started talking uh, on air, was that I think the action sequence he does early in the issue is actually quite good. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's pretty dynamic. I love the way he draws Batman in those particular panels. Um, and then I'll also throw a shout-out to the final page with, with Harper crying. Um, that was a pretty well-done and affecting image, I think. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff in between, like particularly... Uh, the way he depicts Dick Grayson, which we've we've discussed this before, I'm sure, how whether it was him or, or other artists are for some reason drawing Dick Grayson to not really <laughs> look like Dick Grayson lately. Who um, would you say he looks like? <laughs> I, <laughs> I said Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> Bruce! Bruce! You can't kill anybody! You're Batman! <laughs> Batman! No! Mother! Mother! <laughs> Alright, I'll stop. Harper! Alright, I'm, I'm really done now, I promise. Uh, uh, have you sent your tape to SNL? <laughs> yeah, Lauren, here is my impression of Dick Grayson as Jimmy, Jimmy Stewart as Dick Grayson in Batman of Eternal sometimes. <laughs> You have to send send him the page too exactly, as a reference. Yeah. 
I just don't see it, Brian. <laughs> Uh, that was my Lord Michaels. It a good Lord Michaels. I'll give you that. <laughs> I mean, <this>. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I, you know, every week we've been ending with with our one thing, our one sort of standout bit here. Um, I don't have anything that's jumping to mind. Do you guys have anything? Uh, <laughs> Zach, say the thing about the red hood. <laughs> Oh, he, he, his helmet looks like Red Tornado throughout the whole issue. Yeah, it really does. I, people just don't get that hood But right. I have another thing, though. Okay, what's Be- that? Before we started talking, you know, I was talking about the virus thing, and I won't go into that rant again. <laughs> but there's another thing about the virus that I had forgotten to mention. I was going to mention it in the recap, but it looks like it's coming out of the speakers as yes. sound. Yeah. It's so it's a sound virus. Yeah. Which sounds like a terrible 90s so band it's like, name. Yeah. It's basically like it's like the anti-life equation. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't Sandra Bullock stop a sound virus in one of her <laughs> 90s movies? I don't know. No, I don't know. I'm making that oh, okay. up. <laughs> I think that was a reference to the net perhaps. <laughs> it just sounds like something that would have happened. Yeah. So, um, my one thing is, do we, do we think mother is actually dead? Well, that, that was going to be I know mine. We, I know we talked, oh, that was going to be yours. If I had to come up with another one, but I think it's a good question to ask. Um, in, in some ways she seems like a one-off villain, you know, because the, this was her one gambit in life, you know, like. This is what she's dedicated her life as a villain to. So she doesn't really have this ongoing... Like, once they stop this plot, what else does she have going for her, you know? Right, but I mean... Well, but it, we've it, seen who's her. the mother we've seen now, exactly? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Like, that was my my first thought with all of this. Lucille, was... too. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. That was real. I, I forget what I was going to say. We're <laughs> we're going out on that. Where can yeah. people find you on Twitter, guys? <laughs> I'm at SirFox89. Uh, follow me and see me get in fights with um, comic book internet celebrities. <laughs> One of the 100 most powerful people in comics, in fact. Yes, that is true. Uh, you can find me at bj underscore o-s-t-r-o-w-s-k-i and you can find me ribbing zach about getting into fights <laughs> with top 100 comic powerhouses and you can find me on twitter at brian needs a nap joining vince in his support slash ribbing of zach you guys got my back of course we do <laughs> we have those i survived villains month tattoos we <laughs> talked about so you know there's only three of those in existence and uh, you know we have to look out for our own. <laughs> so anyway, from uh, from our mothers to yours. <laughs> <laughs>